If you look at who was in the rookie class of 2020 in the Cup Series, it was Tyler Reddick, Cole Custer, and Christopher Bell. So he's really the last of those three that hasn't gotten there yet. Hey everybody, welcome to Backseat Drivers. Here in Studio 3, I'm Alex Weaver, joined by the two C's on the table, uh, Kim Kuhn and Alan Kavana. Welcome to the show, guys. But all-star race, Ryan Blaney takes home a million dollars, a cowboy hat, and a big old check for YRB. I know it's a good day over there at Team Penske. Is it? We're going to talk about it. The climate at Team Penske, we see uh, the teammates, Austin Sendrick and Ryan Blaney, have another little incident on the track. I know it wasn't a Daytona 500 win, but Ryan let his attitude be known to Austin Sendrick when he uh, took a little bit of, of the speed away from the 12 there. But Joey Logano seems to be sitting pretty with three kids now. But what exactly is the climate over there at Team Penske? Well, I don't know. It looks partly sunny, right? I mean, you think about the success that they've had, but you also have to think about what the drivers are thinking about each other. I mean, we saw that incident between Ryan Blaney and Austin Sindrick when Austin Sindrick got the win. And he, do you think back to Daytona, right? I mean, that was a big moment in the season where Ryan Blaney's teammate sort of walled him for the victory. But you understand, because it's the Daytona 500. Is that still on his mind? I'm not so sure. I think about Ryan Blaney, I think about how well he's running, how many laps he's led, and has zero checkered flags in terms of the regular season. I think that is a lot of frustration. So when you have such a good car and then you get beat, say, for a stage at the All-Star Race, yeah, maybe it's a little frustration. Maybe you can do that to your teammate who's a rookie. You can't do that to many other drivers. Maybe he was taking his frustrations out. Ooh, I'm going to go partly cloudy, and that's for a couple of reasons. A, to your point, maybe the drivers aren't gelling as much as they should be. I think once Brad Kay got out of the seat, we thought, oh, everything's going to be cool, calm, and collected over there because he and Joey won't be butting heads. And now it looks like we maybe have the potential to start kind of a new rivalry amongst teammates, Austin, Cedric, and Ryan Blaney, you pointed out. And then the other reason it's partly cloudy is because, yes, they've had speed and they've had wins, but two of their four wins have been exhibition races. So from a competition side, I think it's also partly cloudy. I think they're still looking to put together full races and not quite there yet for Team Penske. I'm throwing in my two cents. I think it's a little cloudy as well. Uh, I think we are starting to get some raindrops on the 12 and the 2. Let's have that play out for the playoffs. Can't <laughs> wait. Uh, all right. Well, another guy who maybe is feeling the heat over there at Richard Childress Racing is Tyler Reddick in the 8. He's had five runner-up finishes in his NASCAR Cup Series career, but can't seem to pull off the win into victory lane. It looked like it was his to take at Bristol Dirt. That ended up not being the case. Now he uh, goes around in the all-star race, takes a pretty big hit in the open there, doesn't even make it to the all-star race. So is Tyler Reddick feeling the pressure to win? We've seen drivers have that pressure to get that first NASCAR Cup Series win off of their back. Casey, what do you say? I think absolutely. And he's been so close. He has five runner-up finishes in the Cup Series. He just can't seem to get it done. And so I think there's pressure, A, from his team. He's typically the faster of the two RCR cars, and they certainly want to get a win to get in the playoffs because I think you will need a win. We've already seen 11 different winners in 13 points races. And then One more time, Kim. 11 <laughs> different <laughs> winners in 13 points races. And then second, you look at who was in the rookie class of 2020 in the Cup Series. It was Tyler Reddick, Cole Custer, and Christopher Bell. Cole Custer and Christopher Bell both have notched their first Cup Series yeah. win. So he's really the last of those three that hasn't gotten there yet. So I think that also adds pressure because you kind of use them as a measuring stick. Where do they stack up uh, compared to where Tyler is? Now, not to say that 
they're doing great things <laughs> this season, but certainly getting that first Cup Series win is so challenging. Once you get it, you kind of take a breath off, a breath, and it takes weight off your shoulders. I think he, he really needs to get it done, so the pressure's mounting each week. Does he win? I think he wins. We've been over this. I don't know that it's during the regular season, but I think he wins before the end of the season. I'm, I'm circling Homestead okay. for Tyler Reddick. All right, I see. Yeah, I mean, I think he wins. I think the pressure is there because of expectations. I mean, when we talk about Tyler Reddick, we speak of him as he's a winner, right? We, we expect him to win. He's got the speed of a winner, but he doesn't have the checkered flag yet. You look at him at this point in the playoffs, on the playoff standings, he's 22 points out. That's far for a driver that we think of with speed, that we think of having good finishes. For him to be that far out at this point in the season, that is not where we would expect Tyler Reddick to be when you think about how fast he is and how good he is. Again, we talk about him like a winner. We think of him as a winner, but he doesn't have that win yet. So when you have that sort of expectation on you, yes, that is tremendous pressure because we expect him to be one of those cars getting the checkered flags and being a playoff contender. And we know he has the skills, right? He just doesn't have the checkered flag yet. So when you have those lofty expectations and you don't have the victory, that's tremendous pressure. Kyle Larson said that once he ticked off that first win, it was going to be a lot of wins for Tyler Reddick. So, Alan, does he win this season? Oh, yeah, I think he does. Regular season. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Because he, he can get it done. We know he can get it done at, at places like ovals. We Certainly he can get it done at road courses. There's plenty of opportunities left. And he's got the speed. He just has to close these races out. Again, the way we think of him, for him not to be an all-star, right, not to be an all-star race, or an all-star race without Tyler Reddick, that seems a little crazy. But, look, the numbers don't lie. The results don't lie. And that's what matters. Well, the Coca-Cola 600 right here in NASCAR's backyard down there at Concord, which is a short drive from Uptown Charlotte here in Studio 3. And last season, it was Kyle Larson. He basically could have ran to the house and come back and still been way ahead of the rest of the field. Hendrick dominated at the Coca-Cola 600, and uh, Rick Hendrick was pretty sweet on that. They're also right down the road there from the Speedway. So will we see another team dominate like we saw last season in the Coca-Cola 600. It's 600 miles, the longest race of the season. These drivers are put in an athletic test for sure this weekend. So, Alan, uh, another team dominates? Uh, not well. A team will dominate. It'll be the same team, though. I think <laughs> I think Team Hendrick. I mean, you got to go with what – it's in their backyard. We've seen them do so well there before. Kyle Larson, so much speed on the mile and a half. Chase Elliott, a proven winner there. Willie B, maybe the best of the best all year in the entire Cup Series field. And Alex Bowman needs something of a bounce back but team Hendrick they always bring it at Charlotte Motor Speedway and it just seems like the Chevys whether it's team Hendrick or the Chevys as a whole they're just doing so well in terms of speed and when you extrapolate that out over another 100 miles right over 600 miles and all the stuff that goes into preparing for such a long race you have to give it to the best of the best in my opinion and that'll be team Hendrick on Sunday not a long drive for team Hendrick to get <laughs> to the racetrack no not at all right around the corner yeah. I think a team will dominate in the Coca-Cola 600 you saw Kyle Larson last year lead 327 of 400 laps. Just absolutely slapped the field. Will we see a team do that kind of dominance this year? I'm not sure. I think you'll probably see certain teams dominate stages. Uh, I don't know that we'll see that same kind of taken to the woodshed. I just don't know what team it is. Uh, Alan made a great case for Hendrick. You can make a great case for them again. You can also look at the JGR, those Toyotas, just because how good the Toyotas have been the last couple weeks at mile and a half. Charlotte's a mile and a half. Um, so I think it's either a Hendrick or a JGR team that dominates. 
up in the air on which. You got eight different drivers that could do it. <laughs> it's 600 miles, so you have a long time to figure it out as well, uh, even when the race starts. Okay, rapid response powered by Five Hour Energy. These are short and sweet. And first one up, the last two winners of the All Star race, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, have gone on to win the championship later that year, both at Phoenix. We're racing at Phoenix again. Ryan Blaney won the All Star race. <laughs> Will he continue the trend of winning the championship after taking home the million dollars for the All-Star Race, Kim? As much as I would love to see Ryan be champion, I'm going to say no. There's just too many good teams. It's too early in the season to make a decision like that. We have seen so much parity. I do not think that the All-Star winner wins the championship this year. I got to go with no so far. You got to get me checkered flags. But winning a championship means winning in the playoffs. You got to get me more checkered flags, Ryan Blaney. When you do, I promise I will change my pick. But the path to victory, the path to a championship is collecting checkered flags. None yet on the season, in the regular season. So until he starts getting those, I can't see him as a championship favorite. Yeah, I agree with Alan. When you show me wins uh, that pay points, then... I'll pick you as my champ favorite. All right, next up, if we don't have Ryan Blaney as our championship favorite, then who is your championship favorite, Alan? Uh, a little crazy here. I'm going with a driver who has wins and is performing great on playoff tracks. Ross Chastain. Oh. You can't ignore what he's doing. Getting checkered flags. Where do you think he has a checkered flag? Talladega. That's in the playoff. Road course in Austin. We have a road course in the playoff. And then you look at his other tracks that he's done so well at. Kansas, he had a seventh. Third place at Vegas. Second place at Phoenix. That's where you win a title. I'm just looking at the results we've already seen here in 2022. And I can't deny the results. So, as crazy as it sounds, I know it's still not many people think Ross Chastain, cup champion. You can't deny the wins. You can't deny the results on playoff tracks. Doesn't sound crazy. Uh, Team Trackhouse building quite the legacy over there, Kim. Yeah. I'm going with the driver that also has two wins on the season. But from the HMS camp, I'm going Willie B. William Byron has shown so much speed this season. I think I love the pairing of he and Rudy Fugel. They've had success together in the truck series. I think it's their year. I definitely think they get to the championship four. I think what William needs to do is he needs to get better at working through races and figuring out what the car needs and getting the car better throughout a race. But when they are good, they are so good. It's going to be many more wins, I think, this season for Willie B. And a championship. Can I agree with both? William Byron is my championship favorite right now, but I also have Ross Chastain in the championship. Love it. So Phoenix is going to be uh, looking a <laughs> yeah. little different this season. Can't wait for that. All right, who's your dark horse just for the rest of the regular season? This can be either a driver who's already found victory lane, but maybe isn't as strong as some of the others, or even somebody who has not found victory lane yet, Kim. I'm going Christopher Bell. Ooh. He's a, can, I, can, can we consider him a dark horse? Absolutely. Sure. I mean, he had a rough start to the season, but six of the last eight races, he's finished seventh or better. I think he is one of the top JGR cars. It's only a matter of time before he gets to victory lane, and he is my dark horse. I think we're going to see him ride the wave into the playoffs, and then he could stay there for quite a few weeks. And a little silent killer, Christopher yeah. Bell, that make a whole lot of noise. He's very quiet. He's yes. under, He <laughs> likes being under the radar, so he's going to be that little sneaky guy that gets in. I'm mad because you stole my pick. Ah. No, it's a great pick because, no, there are times often, especially we see it in qualifying, Christopher Bell is the best Joe Gibbs racing car on a weekend, at least the fastest early on. What we need to see out of him is to close out a race, right, to, to put a full race together, and that's what veterans like Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch are able to do. If I can't pick Christopher Bell, I'll change it up. I'll go Daniel Suarez. I was talking about Ross Chastain before. Think about when Ross got his win at Coda. Who dominated that first stage? It was his teammate, Daniel Suarez. When Ross got the win at Talladega, who led all the first part of that race at Talladega? It was Daniel Suarez. 
maybe it's luck. Maybe it's something with the team. They just got to find a little tweak there, but we know there's performance at Trackhouse Racing. We know there's speed. Suarez has it early in these races. If they can just tweak it a little bit and be around at the end, like his teammate Ross Chastain is, perhaps Daniel Suarez can be the dark horse in the rest of the regular season. Hmm. Justin Marks, Sin Allen like a hat or a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, that new one. Something, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, my dark horse is, may come as a shock. He's a past champion. He is normally named at every single racetrack to be dominant, but hasn't exactly shown the speed the last two seasons. The four, Kevin Harvick. <laughs> hasn't found victory lane yet. I'm sorry, Kevin, that I'm considering you a dark horse, but... I am. That's my dark horse for the rest of the season. All right, well, we are halfway through officially the regular season as far as when it comes to the points-paying race. The All-Star break was a little bit of a, of a fun, let's worry about money and not about points. And now we turn the corner and look ahead, starting with the Coca-Cola 600. But there are a lot of races left to fill up that playoff bracket. So, Alan, what race tops your list for the second half of the regular season? We're not talking playoffs yet, people. Oh, I mean, the, the regular season finale in Daytona. This is one of the best decisions NASCAR has made in years. Moving that decision, moving that regular season finale to Daytona was so much on the line. All the pressure that builds up. And then you add the Daytona factor, the, the super speedway factor. Uh, it just puts so many different people in play. Again, Brad Keselowski way out of this, right? In terms of getting a victory, in terms of pointing his way in, he's never out of it at Daytona. So the playoff field, I truly believe, will come down to the final few laps at Daytona, especially with a guy like Brad Case still out there. That's when we all start doing the math and you mm -hmm. try to figure out, okay, who's in, who's out. But Kim and I think there's going to be 17 plus winners, so yeah. we can't wait for that. I now. still think so. I love the Daytona pick, but I don't want to be an echo chamber, so I'll pick something else. I'm going Road America for two reasons. A, for the fact that it's a road course, this car is supposed to perform so well on road courses. We saw it at Coda. Coda was so exciting. Um, I know we go to Sonoma before we get to Road America, but uh, long, long course. We saw Chase Elliott dominate. It's the second year in a row we're going there, so what did teams learn last year? How can they improve on that? And then the second reason is for the fans. They showed up last July 4th weekend at Road America. I expect the same this year. The crowd was just electric. Cannot wait to see them back out this year. It literally is the most American weekend. Yeah, it is uh, Road the America. most. Road America. <laughs> um, I am going to go with uh, two of them. The Coca-Cola 600 is my favorite just because growing up here in Charlotte, it's a big deal for the community. It's a lot of fun to be uh, sleeping in your own bed at night. is so nice. Uh, and then also just right down the road there in Charlotte. So that one for the atmosphere, we get to celebrate Memorial Day and honor those, and it's a really cool uh, stage break that they do. But then on the flip side of that, uh, I'm also going Sonoma. Oh, yeah. Napa, yeah. wine country, <laughs> the sheep are grazing on the side <laughs> of the racetrack. It's a road course that's a lot of fun. Uh, I love California, so I'm sticking with it. Those are my two that I am looking forward to. All right, Backseat Bets, presented by MGM. This is straight head-to-head -head matchup. Who finishes better in the Coca-Cola 600? This first one is the Battle of the Kyles. We've seen this before. Kyle Larson versus Kyle Busch, AC. I'm going Larson. I can't bet against him. I mean, I know he's got the speed. I know Bush has come on lately. I'm not betting against Kyle Larson nor Hendrick at the 600. I got to go Kyle Larson. He absolutely dominated last year. Don't know if we'll see exactly that performance, but I think it is Kyle Larson's race to lose. Hmm. 600 miles. Give me the 18. Kyle Busch, <laughs> for sure. Uh, next up, Martin Truex Jr. versus Chase Elliott. This was a tough one for me, Kim. This was tough for me. I actually had, like, stars by both of them. <laughs> I think, ultimately, I'm going to have to go with Chase Elliott. I just think Hendrick has been a little bit better than mm -hmm. Joe Gibbs Racing. 
maybe a lot better, uh, depending on the track, but Chase Elliott for me. The yeah. 19, no win yet. No win yet. And you're right, that difference, right? Yeah. That, that little difference, that's only going to get bigger as we go to 100 extra miles, right, mm -hmm. on Sunday night. So I'm still going with the Hendrick cars. I'm sorry, JGR. I'm sorry, Turex. I'm going Chase Elliott. I'm going Chase Elliott. Oh. Sorry, Chase. Oh. If you wreck, it is 100% our fault. We are. We picture. Uh, next up, riding that momentum from a million dollars. It'll be a nice payday for Ryan to bring home back to Charlotte. So Ryan Blaney versus, he has a win this season, the 45 of Kurt Busch. I'm going Ryan Blaney just because the momentum. Mm -hmm. I think that works in drivers' favor, even if it's just an exhibition race. You kind of kind of feel like, oh, we can get to victory lane and then build upon that. So Blaney for me. Yeah, same here. I mean, you got to look at the, the, the field <laughs> oh, and no. what they've done. <laughs> Throughout the season, I mean, Ryan Blaney is nearly the point leader for a reason. I know he doesn't have the checkered flag that Kurt Busch has, but if we're just picking straight up who's going to do better on Sunday yeah. night, I have to, the smart money would have to be on the 12 car. So all you at home pick Kurt Busch because I'm also going with Ryan Blaney. Oh, wow. So three for three for YRB. Uh, last one, Bubba Wallace versus Daniel Suarez, both looking for uh, that first win of 2022. Bubba has a win already in his career. Daniel going after the first ever win. I'm going Suarez. Uh, I'm picking a Chevy. Again, I've made the case for Ross Chastain to be a championship contender. Daniel Suarez is on that team with the equipment, with the speed. Just got to close it out. We see, we'll see what he can do in the 600. And the 600 produces a lot of first-time winners. Mm. Maybe mm. it's time for he Daniel Suarez. I don't know that Daniel Suarez wins the 600, but I certainly think if we're looking at a head-to-head -head battle, he's going to finish above Bubba Wallace. Daniel's got so much speed. We've seen him make some really good moves on the racetrack. Uh, he's a smart driver. I'm excited to see what he does this weekend. So, Daniel Suarez. I don't know if we've ever done this. We're agreeing again. Ooh. Daniel Suarez. I have him circled on here, too. I think Team Trackhouse shows up for the Coca-Cola 600. So, I'm going with the 99 of Daniel Suarez. And it's the Coca-Cola 600. And he's, he's a, a Coke, Coke driver. driver. Yes. I, you have to. Um, all right. Well, speaking of the Coca-Cola 600, we've talked about it so far all uh, episode long. But now it's time for Victory Lane. It's a long night there at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And one driver, this is a crown jewel of our sport, they want it. Uh, and winning basically at everybody's home track is a good way to do it. So who is the winner of the Coca-Cola 600 for the 2022 season, Casey? I think Kyle Larson oh. repeats <laughs> and goes to victory Sorry, lane. Alan. Is that your pick? Of course. Uh, how can you not pick Kyle? I Although know. when I picked Larson earlier in the season, he's had some bad weekends. Yep. So hopefully I'm not giving him any bad luck or bad mojo. But just looking at their performance last year, Cliff Daniels is such a smart crew chief. And this is a race where you have to be smart. These stages are so long and it's going to be really interesting to see how they play out if there's kind of any tire strategy. So going in the five car. Uh, a non-Larson pick? Look, Denny Hamlin has been knocking on the door of everything. Well, we took a hard leg. In yeah, the last like literally. Few weeks. So if I got to make a non-Larson pick to really, you know, to really mix this up a little bit, Denny Hamlin's knocking on the door. They've got a veteran team, a veteran driver. After 600 miles, if there's someone you want chasing someone down with 10, 8 laps to go, it's Denny Hamlin. I think they've had a few weeks. And let's just say he's a little motivated after the All-Star race. He wants his million dollars. At least some of it, so he can get it 600. Well, you teased my pick a little bit. Chasing someone down. Hmm. I'm going to yeah. go with Chase Elliott, the <laughs> nine. I think he was caught up in a mess that he obviously couldn't avoid. He said he could avoid, but, I mean, come on. <laughs> um, at the All-Star race, and it's right in the back door of Hendrick. Larson was really good there last mm -hmm. year, and so for that reason. I mean, Chase was good, too. Taking the teammate, the nine of Chase Elliott. 
All right, uh, we want to stop and take a moment that this week is all about uh, honoring those that have fallen while served in the military. It's going to be a really special weekend at Charlotte Motor Speedway. They put on uh, such a good show there to honor those. It'll be 600 miles with names on the back of the cars as well, which is also a really cool 600 miles of remembrance. So thank you so much to the families who have sacrificed and paid the ultimate sacrifice. We appreciate you and we see you. Make sure and tune in to the Coca-Cola 600 this Sunday night at 6 p.m. on Fox. All three of us will be there. You better be too. Uh, enjoy it and we'll see you next week on Backseat Drivers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Backseat Drivers. Make sure to rate, review, and follow to stay up to date on each new episode dropping every Monday.